Hey guys, welcome back to the Unwritten Podcast. It's your girl, Nesteha. Hey guys, it's Iham. Hey, it's Emma. Welcome back for another episode. I feel like I say that in every episode. <laughs> but well, we do have here. to welcome everybody back. You are here for another episode, and I appreciate you for being here. Um, so, should we just jump in into our topic? Don't or, we know. Always. We always do. We always do. Are we going to start with highs and lows? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. go ahead. Who wants to start? My, I'm very dramatic, so I'd rather go second to the last. Okay, uh, okay, I will go first. So my high for this week is definitely still Ramadan. I'm like getting used to it. I feel so much better. My, I'm doing so much better. I was sick last week, so Alhamdulillah, I'm doing a lot better. Um, and my low, I don't think I have a low this week. I feel like wow, it's, it's wow. a good Monday so far. And, you know, I'm going to keep a positive mindset throughout the week. And inshallah, be a positive week. Inshallah. I love it. Sam, do you want to go? Sure. Um, my high for this week would be, like, the graduations, I guess. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends graduated on Friday, and so she had a graduation party yesterday, and so I just feel like I'm on a high from graduation. I just love graduation season. It's, it's just the best. Love it. It's so beautiful, you know? Um, and then my love for this week, I'm I'm super dramatic, I know, but I, the last Game of Thrones episode is my low. Did somebody important die? It, no. But yes, kind of. Cersei died. Everybody knows Cersei. I knew she was gonna die. Why would die. you ruin it for us? No, I can't even watch. Girl, Twitter, the whole thing. Twitter ruined it for me. I, I knew Cersei. I, I'm not on Twitter. All my comments. You're Cersei. such a liar. It's not like you're gonna watch this to begin with. So don't be dramatic. Why well, she closed no, her eyes? <laughs> but the way that she died, I expected her. I know she's evil. She killed so many people. I expected her to die in like a gruesome death. And then now, like Daenerys is like my favorite. All seven seasons, she's always been my favorite because she's like a the writer for like the slaves. You is know? that she's the blonde? the blonde one she's always for the people you know and now she just turned into a mad queen and I just I can't build so many people's character and they built them up for seven seasons to make them look a certain type of way and then now I see them completely different like Grey Worm was also one of my favorite like last episode I was gonna cry just for him and now I hate him Damn. Like, oh, damn. I just, damn. I'm going through a lot right now emotionally. Too many, yeah, too many spoiler alerts, so I'm definitely It's not, not like you were going to watch it. I know everything that's happening on every Sunday night. I said, what's going on today? Who died? Ah, uh, no. First of all, I don't think it. you're going to watch it. And secondly, I if really you are, but, but even if you are, it's not, like Twitter already told you, like you already know how it's going to end. Like, hello. Ugh, those people all need to go to jail. It's like trying to avoid the Super Bowl. You can't. Exactly. I don't care for the Super Bowl, so... But you end up still knowing who the winner is and who the loser is. You know? Like, it's everywhere. You can't avoid it. Whatever. Anywho, anywho, so my highlight was Mother's Day. As you guys already know, I love Mother's Day. I absolutely did nothing except neglect what I needed to do because it was Mother's Day. (laughs) But thank you, everybody who uh, messaged me and was uh, saying Happy Mother's Day for your lovely messages. I appreciate it. Um, My low, I don't, what is my, I don't think I have a low, honestly. Just the fact that I have to catch up on work that I neglected. That's pretty much it. I think this weekend as a whole was a really hot... Like, for me, I, every single day this weekend, there was some sort of shindig that I had to put makeup on or, like... That was me! That was my high. That was my other high. Yeah, literally every day. And then we hosted on Saturday my second annual Friendsgiving... <laughs> 
not Friendsgiving stuff for a lot. Iftar. Iftar. Like, this is my second annual. Like, last year it was just cousins, and this year it was supposed to be cousins, but a lot of my cousins are all pregos, so they couldn't come. Um, but, uh, mashallah, it was actually a great turnout. That goes, that is my other high that I was going to say, was the fact that I socialized. Like, I have been doing, like, work, 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 like, nonstop. And the fact, I socialized, like, three times this week. That's a lot for me. Mm-hmm. You guys, I, I need a day to, like, process that. Because you guys, you guys know that I'm, like, socially great. So after socializing for a few times, I have to have, like, a, you know, a day to just myself and just coop myself up in my apartment mm-hmm. and just be like, no other human beings besides Camila, you know. But be like, okay, I don't have to socially interact with anybody. Although I love socially interacting with people. You know, you think you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Y'all know okay, how weird yeah, I am. Her claims that she's social anxiety. I am socially social anxious. Blah, 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 yeah. But the second you go into somewhere, she's a bubbly. I have to. It's a persona. It's a persona. It's not. It's a persona. Even if I do, I do. Like, I will say that I. you could put me in a social situation. I'll be perfectly fine. But... I always have to isolate myself after I just recoup. Like, I, I need a date well, myself just to gather. Person. That's yes. what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, like, when I see people, I'm like, ah. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm like, ah. Like, yesterday, I was a bit... I was a bit hesitant because there's a lot of, you know, people that I don't know in a room. I'm like, oh, my God, this is weird. This is weird. But I did it, and now I need a date to recover from all the social activity that I've been doing this past week. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, last episode, we talked a lot about moms, their struggles to coming to America, what they do for us. And so we just kind of wanted to do an episode on immigration, like being an immigrant, um, not necessarily immigration, but like being an immigrant in America and what that looks like and what our experiences are. Um, so we first kind of wanted to share our little stories of us coming to America. How old were you? Um, yeah, that sort of That sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> Well, I can start and share my story. Um, I came here with my family, and I was about nine or eight years old. We came from Yemen um, and just moved to the town that we're living in currently right now. Um, and, I mean, our our transition here wasn't, like, really difficult because my dad already, like, knew English, and, like, he, like, came here already knowing, like, what job he wanted to do and all that stuff. So, um... He kind of, like, paved the way for you guys? Yeah, he kind of paved the way for us because my dad already was, like, a teacher previously. So he was just, like, a teacher here and was, like, working on, like, getting his um, recertification for his degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, my mom also was just a stay-at-home mom for the time. And, I mean, it was still difficult because, like, I, I personally, like, had to learn the language and, like get used to like new friends and all that stuff like I remember I got in trouble this is my most embarrassing but also like funniest (laughs) story um when I was in third grade it was like it was like my third or fourth month there um I was like in Yemen I used to go to like a private school so then like they have like a certain way of like reading when you're reading from like the board um and like you read with your middle finger you know like pointing to things and um so I was doing that in the middle of the class the teacher asked me to go up to the board and like read something or like write numbers I remember and I was like using my middle finger and like the teacher had to pull me out of the room and kind of talk to me and tell me like hey that's not appropriate you gotta use your pointer finger I was so embarrassed. I still remember. I was like, Miss Long. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was my embarrassing story. That's kind of nice that you had your dad kind of like 
acclimated to mm-hmm. not the U.S. life, but like in English and all mm-hmm. of that. So he can it'd be like a smoother transition for your family. I guess that's pretty nice. For me, it was kind of different because when I first came to America, it was just me and my mom, and she was pregnant with my brother at the time. Um, when we first came to America, we traveled around for a, a little bit to uh, kind of figure out where she wanted to live, and then she permanently decided to move to Minnesota. Um, and then my um, my siblings and my dad came several years afterwards. I was about three and a half, oh, turning four. It was around the time that I was turning four. Um, I do remember like getting our first apartment um, and how excited my mom was like getting, it was like a townhome actually, but I do remember how excited she was to get that apartment because she didn't know she was going to get it. I, I still vividly remember like her pushing through and kind of getting her driver's license and a lot of the things that are normal here now. I have really bad short-term memory, short and long-term memory. And so a lot of the things I'm like, I remember, but it's like not as vivid. It's not as clear that it once was. Um, but yeah. I mean, you were like more and more like, you kind of got used to the whole school system because you, you just joined yes, in you're from fresh like high school yeah. where I was like out of school already in Yemen and then like I came here to redo third grade again and it was like a whole different language and I was going to Islamic school in Yemen and then this was not Islamic school so mm. and it was like an all girls boarding school I was in previously and then I came to this all elementary school that's like mixed gender so yeah. it was completely different for me and kind of like a shock and I had to learn a lot <laughs> I remember like with uh, with my mom like she used to turn on TV and she'll like learn English with us because at the mm-hmm. time like I was in preschool but I wasn't really speaking um and so that's one of the reasons why they started me like speech therapy and all these things and so she would go with me just so she can learn the language and so I remember like her watching TV shows with me and like her picking out certain TV shows just because she wanted to like learn about it you know like Caillou I remember her and I Caillou was like our favorite thing like even though he doesn't speak that much (laughs) he's okay annoying so I we lived in Kenya and my dad lived here in the US and that's pretty much it <laughs> we got flew out um no <laughs> that's literally that's pretty much it i was young i Why literally vacation year on, huh? <laughs> we got flew out and we never went back no um we like me my mom and my siblings were in kenya and my dad was here and um i remember like coming here um you know being on the flight like i remember bits and pieces of like the flight here and like i remember thinking you know when you're when you're i my only my only perception of like America was what we saw on TV. Like we were in Kenya and we, all we could see, you know, was TV, you know? So I remember thinking that, you know, once we get to America, we're going to live like in a mansion. We're going to live this like lavish lifestyle. Uh, uh, nope. We literally did not. <laughs> um, but I remember like going to school. I started in third grade. Yeah. I started in third grade. So I literally went from not going to school at all in Kenya. We just went to like an Islamic school kind of like where we did like Quran. Um, to going to school and my dad already lived here so he like knew English he already kind of had things figured out um so he like would help us like write our name and like you know would help us out learn English and then we had a tv in our room too so we would watch tv to kind of learn English somewhere to see him um that's pretty much it and then after a couple years we moved from that state and my mom moved to Minnesota where she has way more family um and since then it's just us doing us like there's really nothing too interesting it's just my mom had family so she was able to uh get used to you know like the life here um and then she had us too where we were a bit older we could translate for her and we we were able to speak english um so i was her go-to guy for that um so i was the one that's helping her out with like any english stuff but my mom ended up going to like 
the you know the community school where you can learn English. Um, so now she speaks pretty good English, but that's pretty much it. There's nothing too fun about my yeah. <laughs> about my experience. But it's crazy, like how our parents actually like packed up their stuff. Yeah. and decided to come to this country that right. they haven't heard anything about or yeah. don't know much about. Like I mean, we had family here too yeah. in Minnesota. It was very shocking because it's like we came from Yemen. It was like really hot there. And yeah. Like, and then we came during the dead of winter. Oh, did you guys really? <laughs> yeah, like, oh. and we remember, like, just being shook. Like, what is all this in Kaboga? Like, how cold it was. And we're just very, very shook. Do you guys have any, any funny stories about being translators for your parents? Because I remember, like, when I, my mom would use music as a translator whenever we went to school, especially, like, middle school, I knew my ass was getting in trouble. But I would interpret to her, like, your your daughter is amazing. She got straight A's. She did perfect. And my mom would be like, wonderful. So do it. Blah, blah, blah. But honestly, like, I was trash. Like, now I vividly remember me doing that. No, you know what I remember in middle school? We we were, like, in an ESL class. I don't know if... I think you were in it. We were in ESL class. Yeah. Yep. It was Johnson's class. Our teacher was gone, and she, we had a substitute, and that there was a one Somali kid who actually was a Somali kid and a Somali girl a Somali boy and a Somali girl were getting into it like they literally were like arguing in class so we're all Somali except that there was like a couple like um, Hispanic kids in the class too right teacher comes back the next day because there was a fight in class essentially all of us get detention right literally I went home deleted that message like it never happened that was like I only got detention twice in my entire life but the quickness that I deleted that in order for my mom not to get that that's all I, I remember. actually remember that because um, I have an older sister that she we're one grade apart, but we're two we're, we're two years apart. Um, and so I remember like she never was in any of my classes, and she ended up being in that class. I think it was like ESL or something. Yeah, it was, it was a ESL. Way, it was a, it, like they put everybody together. But all I remember the, she was in that class with us, and that's the first and last attention she's ever gotten. And so she was so shook, and she's like, "If I didn't hang out with you, if they didn't put me in the class, um, I would never have." But like, it wasn't even us. It was literally it was the boy and the girl. Yeah. They were getting into it, and everybody else, the teacher wrote all of us. She's like, you guys all, you know, they were all acting up, yada, yada, yada. We weren't doing anything. We were just sitting there entertained by a fight that's happening in class. It's not our fault that you're a shitty substitute teacher and you couldn't handle it. Right. It's fasting. But, but I remember, like, uh, my mom didn't get mad at me just because Sumaya got in trouble, too. You know, like, had I deleted Sumaya that message. Not got it, like, she heard it. But had Sumaya not got detention as well it would be a wrap. That would be like, how many, <laughs> See, how, how many detentions trouble. are you getting? You know, like, but by seventh grade, my parents knew English. It was, it right. was like, it was like fifth, fourth grade that I could really get away with it. Until this day, like maybe I could probably possibly get, get away with it. Nah. If it's like certain words that she doesn't understand. Um, but yeah, by seventh I, grade, she was hip to it. I didn't have no chance because, you know, my dad, he was hip with it. So. Your dad was taking you out of health classes. <laughs> my he dad was, was really He knew what he was doing. My dad was so hip with it. Like, literally, all the school, all the paperwork, everything my dad would handle. Like, so I knew I couldn't mess around. And plus, like, I was, like, super, like, a super good kid. So I wasn't, like, any problem to my parents. Yeah. How is it, like, being one of the firstborn? I know, like, me and Asaha are not technically the firstborn child, but we act like it. But Emma is for sure, like, the firstborn. But how do you guys feel about being the firstborn um, child, like the responsibilities. I honestly feel like we can make an entire podcast of just our experiences being the firstborn and being the guinea pigs of our family. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, of course, actual oldest, so you, you, you take the it, charge. It, it was, it's tough. It's a lot. Because, like, obviously, like, both my parents, like, being new to the country, like, both my parents were, like, working full-time. So I, like, I had to grow up really early and be the one helping my mom take care of, like, all my younger, younger siblings. And I remember, like, my mom would just, like, call me over the phone, like, every few hours to ask me, like, how things, how are things going? How are the kids doing? And, like... I, I just knew, like, I'd come from school, and then I already had, like, jobs to do and tasks to do. To do. Like, I was a full-time <laughs> full mom mm-hmm. after school. So it, it was tough because I had to grow up, and kind of, like, my childhood was kind of, like, I had to mature up real quick. Um, but, yeah. But, I mean, it was worth it at the end. I feel like I'm very mature for my age and Same. compared to everyone Same. else. No, I agree, because once we moved to Minnesota... Um, my parents were divorced and I was like the oldest child I mean I have an older brother but I'm the oldest girl so there's certain responsibilities that fall on you when you're the oldest girl so my mom would like work you know two jobs or whatever and we'd be gone you know we'd go to school we'd come home she'd already like leave us food or whatever but then we'd be we'd, we'd have to entertain ourselves essentially so it would be up to me to make sure like everything's good and make sure nobody's killing each other <laughs> um, <laughs> the house isn't burning down or anything crazy is happening um and then like you said my mom would call us check on us like you know whenever she's on break and be like yo how's everybody you know how are you guys doing yada yada um but it, it, it was nice because, like you said, it does mature you earlier. Um, you're kind of, you're, you understand, like you're able to actually see your parents' sacrifice and you're able to see their struggles. So you're able to um, understand what why they're doing X, Y, Z, you know, or why they're doing certain things. And you're able to actually help them out. So as soon as I was able to get a job, I got a job, you know, to help my mom out or whatever. So it was nice, but it was actually... It was interesting. I, I wouldn't change my experience because I feel like it developed me into a, a mature, you know, strong-headed person. But yeah, because you and I always talk about yeah. our younger sisters who are, like, the same age yeah. as we were when we were yeah. getting, uh, had to be really mature. And it's, like, compared to them, like, I don't even think they could do the, the Honestly, help responsibilities yeah. that we had. No, like, I always get into, I always get into with my youngest sister. I have two sisters. So I always get into with my youngest sister because I'm, like, by the time I was your age, I sound like my mom. I'm, like, when I was your age, I was doing X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. And she's, like, in her own world. You know, she's a typical teenager. Whereas when I was her age, I was like contributing to the family like I was helping my mom out with all this other stuff you know so I'm like you have it so good you don't even know but I, I my other sister always reminds me like your experiences are not the same as her experiences like you grew up where you had responsibilities that you had to do where she grew she grew up and everything you know we handled everything and she didn't have to she actually was able to be a kid you know so it's it's weird seeing like the difference between me being the oldest daughter and then seeing my sister the middle my my middle sister seeing her experiences and where she's kind of like super mature but then she's able to to do whatever she needs to do as well and then seeing my youngest sister who's just like unfazed and does whatever she wants to do because she's a you know just a normal teenager and she's like i'm still a kid i'm not an adult until i'm 18 and i'm like you're somali you're a child like you're not a child anymore like <laughs> you're somali. by the time you're 10 you're a full-grown adult baby girl you know yeah. so i'm always getting into it i'm like yo what are you doing and she's like i'm a kid leave me alone but it's interesting I feel like my experience is a little bit differently than you guys. I feel like when I was a child, like, I actually experienced being the child. Mm -hmm. Like, my older sister was my older sister when I was a child. Up until, I would say, high school, I think is when the roles kind of shift. Um, I have my mom's personality where I'm, like, type A, Mm -hmm. very assertive. Like, I I started working at 15, I think. Like, I was the only—actually, my sister started working a couple months 
before me and then I started working and like me, her and I were like kind of the older siblings of our other two siblings um and then now years later like I feel like I fully took on the oldest child title because I handle everything and somebody just like kicks back and is like chill you know mm. um but yeah I feel like when I was younger I kind of didn't resume the role I didn't have all the responsibilities I mean I saw what my parents went through but most of the responsibilities fell on my older sister and then now um now I, I definitely feel it now it's like my mom if I don't do it it's not correct it was not accurate it was never done you know like <laughs> yeah no, that's that's true. Even now, my mom's like, I. We were joking this past weekend when I was home because we were FaceTiming my sister Nasra and my other siblings were all at my mom's house. And I was asking, I was like, Oh, I tell them who your favorite child is. She's like, I already said it since I was like, You tell them, girl. <laughs> like, you already know who it is. It's your right hand man. But literally, whenever I go home, I'm a full grown adult. My mom has other kids who are full grown adults too. But whenever she has paperwork, anything like any mail or anything important, she's like, Come take care of this. Come look at this. Come do this. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like you have other kids, why me? I'm like I'm like why me? I'm like there's other people that, at the house. Like why are you why are you waiting for me? I'm like you waited two three weeks until I came home. Why are you waiting? She's like no, nope, I just want you to do it. I'm like okay, I'm your favorite. It's all good. <laughs> My mom doesn't even have the milk key to her house like I do. And you then can't. she, well, I, she I she's, she's catching flights all the time. She doesn't need it. <laughs> Honestly, like every since like maybe the last two years, my mom's not been here. Like she's just traveled the world. Catching flights, chilled, not catching like, feelings. Inshallah, like I hope to be. I aspire to be here. That's, right. that's, well, she's I a G. To be here. She's like checks she's in lavish. Yeah. Month. She's like this is. I'm out of here, losers. <laughs> Can't stay right. here too long. <laughs> I'm done. It's like especially all winter, like she was gone, and so I feel like that's what she's expecting this this winter too. She's like winter. If she goes, if I don't have to, I don't be. I don't want to be here for like the entire winter. She which, right? I'm like I wouldn't want to either, but tough. I feel like one of my favorite memories of being an immigrant is like seeing my mom and her struggle pay off by me graduating college or like any of my siblings graduating college like seeing the happiness in her face like seeing how excited she was for my future and just like all the hard work that she did that completely paid off like that was one of my favorite memories I know we went through like memories with our moms mm -hmm. I think the last episode um but that will always be something that resonates with me that's like always in my mind is just seeing how happy she is like now she's definitely reaping the benefits of us working and her chilling and catching mm -hmm. flights you know and I wouldn't have it any other way as she should, as she should. my favorite thing is just like the the difference like the generational difference like my mom went through all you know whatever she went through to ensure that we were good now she has a kid like in the peace corps living her best life like she has me she's a, a grandkid that she gets to spoil and do whatever with so it, it's it's worth it for me and then it encourages me to make sure that i do what i need to do to make sure that future generations are taken care of like to make sure camila gets you know that she doesn't have to um you know sacrifice anything i want to make sure that everything is in place for her so that way she's able to live comfortably inshallah oh um for me i think it would just be like quote unquote just that having the american dream when we like bought our house like mm -hmm. that was something like my parents were very happy and my whole family that's something that we were very very excited about like having our house and like something like a property that was ours mm -hmm. so that i think that i would say that's my favorite memory of our immigrant story okay so i have like a very interesting question for you guys i should probably share the story behind it um i used to work at the store um and i was a cashier i remember and one night we were closing and it was like i believe like three other co-workers and they're all like 
white people that I was working with and one one um, African-American woman. Um, and we were talking about, like, just... Um, this was a few years ago, and we were just talking about, like, immigration and, like, what we identify as. And they asked me if I was, like, a Somali-American. And I was like, uh, I identify as Somali, but I never thought about, like, saying I'm Somali-American. I just feel like that's weird to me to say. Yeah, I never say I'm Somali. <laughs> I know this is a, I never say I'm Somali-American. I always just say I'm Somali. Right. Like, so, I'm a Somali. I don't, like, so can I'm a you, citizen. Can you, here's my question. So they asked me, they were like, Emma, can you identify as just American? Would why you identify? You huh? Why would Some people do. Because you're, you're a citizen or whatever, so would you identify as just American and not say you're Somali? I'm proud of my Somali side. Are you trying to say, like... Like you're it not shouting. Like yeah, but here's yeah. the thing: do do like do, uh, down people like uh, or white people? Do they like say they're European American or they're this American? But the thing I feel like the difference with them is is most of them have been here for generations where that's been stripped away. Whereas for us, we're the first of our generation for most of us. I don't know if years down the line, maybe our great great grandchildren would identify just as American. I would hope that they would still claim to be Somali, but. For me, I identify as Somali. Like, if somebody asks me, "Are you? what are you? I'm Somali. Like, I mean, maybe it's the fact that I don't blend in as easily as other... Like, Adam people do, too. Like, as European Americans can blend in, they can look like just a, a quote-unquote average American, whereas we stand out, you know? Right. We have dark skin and we have hijabs on, so we're automatically other. So... I, I already I maybe it's just me saying I'm like I, I don't I'm like trying to box myself out and like saying no I before you box me out I'm boxing myself out perhaps it, maybe in a way like because I feel like if somebody is saying there's just American and they're trying to take their Somali side of what like like not talk about their Somali side and just say that they're American I feel like they're trying to basically be like everybody else like, yeah like assimilate assimilate I don't way, want to assimilate. And I don't I don't like that um, I feel like I, I don't even say I'm Somali-American, um, even if I'm a citizen. Like, I don't feel like that has anything to do with it. I just say that I'm Somali, like, yeah, and just leave it at that. I feel like our parents, if they were to say Somali-American, I would think that would be cute. Because I feel like they struggled to be in America. Like, they came all the way over here, fought to get their citizenship, fought to learn this language. Because how much steps do you need to do in order to become a citizen? I feel mm -hmm. like I just became a citizen because I turned eight. Like, I was younger than 18 and my parents became citizens. citizens. You know what I mean? So if I see, like, somebody of our parents' age and they're like, oh, I'm Somali-American or they're proud of that, I, I would think that would be cute. But I feel like people in this generation, I, I, I don't see that. I don't. Listen, I'm Somali. Like, I'm a Somali I person. I want to hear from somebody. Yeah, that. no, but I'm a Somali person that lives in America. That's how I identify. But you see, That's like, true. you see the world, uh, like, you see America as what it is right now. You know what I mean? Like, you see how unwanted we are. And I'm sure they feel like that, too. But I just feel like I would be more proud had I worked so hard to get this citizenship. But I feel like I'm just, like, I was kind of... You didn't earn it. Wait, so, so, anyway. so, so, if you say, say that you... Say that you were over 18 when your mom got her citizenship, and that way you would have to get your own citizenship as well. Would you identify as Somali-American then, if you had to take the citizenship test yourself? No, because I feel like we learned all that in, high, in like, high school. Elementary school. I, it, uh, yeah, honestly, I feel like we learned that, so it's not as, like, it's not as hard. But if I was in Somalia right now, and I was just came out here on a visa, and I need to get my citizenship and get my passport and all that, I feel like I worked, like, how many years I learned the language, I got my first apartment, I, I struggled getting my driver's license, I struggled the entire way, and nothing was handed to me. So just getting that citizenship, I'd be proud of that. I think that... As Somali people that were very, very, like, 
we love Dakan Kana. Like we love our culture. We love our country. Like we're very prideful. Like we're very Somali Somali Hanolata. You know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's very hard for us, regardless where we are, regardless how many generations it is. I feel like it's very hard for us to identify as something other than Somali or Somali plus X Y Z or Somali plus Somali British or Somali whatever you want to call yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not as common. Here's another thing, though, a very interesting perspective. Um, if you were to go back to Somalia, because you said you're a Somali person that's living in America, if you were to go back to Somalia, and that's why I'm saying, like, we have this whole double identity, because if we were to go back to Somalia, I don't think that we would, like, just... just Blend uh, in? Blend in, because we'd still be the American one. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be just that's Somali. True. That's true. So, I mean, I feel like if I went to Somalia and my Somali was amazing, then I would be able to blend in. And the fact that I have an American citizenship wouldn't really matter but I feel like what gives it away and what most of them are probably making fun of us for is the fact that our Somali's trash our Somali's trash and they feel like we don't know the culture yeah we don't yeah we don't know the Dakan but I would love to go if they still have me and they won't make fun of me and they won't bully me I would love to even if they bully me I still would want to go because I've never been back to Somalia since leaving and I wasn't even born there, so I would just I would just love you're to go. You're such a fake you know? one. You weren't even I'm born in Somalia. Born in Somalia. You're even, okay, what do you guys feel about people claiming where they're born? So you were born in Syria. So I hate when people say I'm Kenyan, um, I'm Kenyan American or something. Not Kenyan American. Like Kenyan Somali. Somali. Yeah, Kenyan. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yemeni Somali. Yeah, I'm Yemeni. You're you guys know. That is so annoying. In a way, I feel like they're trying to make themselves even more Safe, different. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not. Is not it is it different or just like how you're feeling comfortable? Like, okay, if I grew up in Yemen, I would probably claim that. Did you claim like, Yemeni? Huh? Did you claim Yemen when you were when younger? I first came here, I was like, I'm from Yemen. That's oh, you thought I, you were top ish. Okay, I'm not right. top ish, but that's all I knew. That's where I grew up on. I spoke the language. Like that's all I knew. I know Dakhon Koda and their culture Koda. Like I know that's not where my blood is from, but that's what I grew to. Uh, to know you know but i feel like if you were born in america would you claim i'm Amer- like i'm a somali american the that, same way kenyan somali i feel like that's do that? i feel like that's what my little siblings do but i feel like I, like your little siblings don't know the world they're, the they're very they're, young yeah they don't yeah, yeah, we can't yeah, even come yeah. to them they're very small right now but once they become of age and they see the world and all this like racist stuff are happening to them you're gonna feel like this is not my country i don't belong they don't like me here you know what i mean <laughs> they're gonna feel that and then their perspective is gonna change i'm sure i said that way back in the day as well you know like I, we've all said that i haven't please don't put me i've never once said that i said i'm somali i always claim my somali nimo um so i do know a few people that were born here and <laughs> that are like pro-Somali they claim they're Somali not American like you will never hear that from mm-hmm. them but I do know others that were born here that like claim that Somali American don't even know the language don't know the culture and it's like their parents' relationship with how they felt from back home and how they kind of like had that they wanted to disconnect from that and that's 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 another like layer to some people in our generation where I know like some people like that don't know English and American and then their parents Somali. don't talk I mean yeah I mean Somali yeah because their parents didn't t- teach them Somali didn't want to talk to them in Somali like didn't teach them about their culture and stuff that's so sad yeah and like now as they grow older like they're asking us questions and I'm like, oh. Oh, like they're yeah. just discovering their culture but I feel yeah. like that's like everyone's personal experience like right yeah. now in this podcast all we talk about is our personal experience our mm-hmm. ideas everything you know and so I just feel like that's like their personal experience and that's so sad however I'm like I, I would I mean, be it may not too. be sad to them. 
It depends. But I feel like you're missing the entire part of you yeah. that you're searching, that your parents haven't given you while you're a child. And so now you're searching it from your peers and anybody who would listen. Yeah. And I feel like in that aspect, it's kind of sad. Um, so I don't know. I think it's sad. I would hate to lose my culture. I think that's such a huge part of who I am. So you guys are definitely saying when you do guys, when you do have kids, are you Camila now, you're going to teach her about her Somali yeah. background. Yeah. Girl, I, I am already planning to take Camila back to Somalia, inshallah. Like, I haven't been to it in forever, but I don't want her to not... Like, I remember being in school and, like, talking in Somali. Like, do you know how cool it is just to be yeah. out in public and just switch languages mm-hmm. and just be like, this is what's going on? Or just you sw- because I don't want you to hear Yeah, me. just because you want to have some sort of privacy. Like, not that we're talking negatively about anybody, but just because just we can, just because some things are better understood in Somali. You know, I could be telling a story and it could be more, like, you could understand it better and it could have more dramatic, you know, aspects to it in Somali versus if I tell you in English, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it's very important for her to know that and for me to go back and, and kind of learn more about my culture because growing up here, I remember being in middle school, like the same teacher that we, we had in detention, I remember she used to yell us all the time whenever we would speak in Somali to one another she'd always tell speak English you guys are at school speak English like you know so it was hard for us to get out of that and now my Somali is trash as an adult and now I'm trying to like use my Somali to make sure that Camila is able to pick up on it and that she understands the basics so inshallah when we do go back to Somalia she has something to go off of and she's able to you know understand more and learn more and when we come back inshallah she'd, she'd be fully fluent Somali what are any, like, lessons that you guys learned as an immigrant? Um, for me, I just feel like personal safety was one of the lessons that I learned. Like, just being a woman and a woman of color, like, I need to know what my surroundings are, where I am, what type of day, what time of day it is, you know? Like, I always have to just be aware of, like, my, my surroundings at all times just because I don't want something bad to happen. And we're in Trump's America, so I just feel like I never know if I'm going to run into somebody who's a Trump supporter who just wants harm on me. Um, And so just personal safety is something that I'm always aware of and that I always have to keep on the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. What do you guys feel like are, like, lessons that just being an immigrant has taught you? I like that. I agree with that. Y'all know I'm always the paranoid one, (laughs) so I'm surprised you said that one and not me. Um, My thing is, is it's not really a lesson, but kind of like it's something that I've like seen that I've come to appreciate living in Minnesota there's so many Somalis especially in the cities area like I we used to live in a small town not many Somalis now I live in the cities and there's everywhere I go there's somebody Somali and the comfort that brings me just to know that there's somebody else that's Somali that I can relate to you know we share the same religion we share, we share the same culture I could guarantee somewhere down the line our families somehow interacted you know whenever you run into somebody Somali there's always some sort of weird connection so that is has been cool for me especially when I've gone to other states and I've seen the lack of like Somali population and and, you know, there's not many Somali people, not Somali restaurants. And living in the cities, I've come to appreciate culture. And it always makes me think, like, what it, fe- what it would be like living in a Somali country. Like, living in Somalia where everybody's Somali and, you know, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about going to a certain town or going to a certain area or running into anybody who's hateful of, for many of the reasons that Siham said. Um, but that's been pretty cool for me to, to see how cool culture is and how cool our culture is. Or even food, like halal food oh, that's hard to find. Like nowadays, I feel like we just go to restaurants not knowing like if the chicken's halal or mm-hmm. not. Majority of the time it's not, but it's like, 
there isn't many restaurants that's out there right now that have halal meat and halal like food Mm -hmm. and so just like going to uh, like if we went back to Somalia you know anything everything that you eat is completely halal without a doubt there's no pork you know Um, and so it, it just that would be like super fun to see for me I had a moment of like realization um when I went to Kenya back like two years ago and that was my first time going to Africa even though it wasn't Somalia but just like I don't know when right when I came from the airport and I just saw like everybody was just the same skin color as me and I'm like wow I'm like really home and I I don't know I just felt like a moment of like relief like I'm like wow this is it feels cool because it's like everyone speaks your language or like you know you're not everyone is like you you're not the other person and it was kind of like really really like amazing amazing um feeling but then again I felt like I was being like kind of left out because of my American accent (laughs) called out so I'm like dang it (laughs) I thought I can fit in here but I guess something's always going to so, keep you out. Yeah, something. But no, it was like a moment of relief. Like when we came to the airport, like me and my brother looked at, at each other. And we're like, whoa, this is cool. Like we're in Africa. Home. Yeah. The motherland. So that was a really good experience. I hope you guys get the chance to go to Africa and like be able to feel that. Be like, wow. I we should I'm, do like a friends trip there. I know. It would be amazing. Oh, let's do the unwritten podcast in Africa. Uh, oh <laughs> reporting live from all the different types of restaurants and I love when we're all together and people call us the, hey it's the unread pod- like this today <laughs> from now on if you guys see us in public and the three of us are together I demand that you address us as hey it's the unwritten podcast <laughs> we've never gotten it before but shout out to Dama like shout out really shout out. feel really good you know like one of those things where when you comment on somebody's outfit and you just make them feel really yeah. good like I just feel like, proud I was like you, you know? actually listen and then also you just hit like a thousand listens yeah. like Please. last week and so I just feel like I'm so proud of us um, and I know we always talk about this on our highs but it's just something that we've worked so hard on and now middle of the day Monday and we're recording this and it's just I'm proud of us like we're taking time out we're doing the our day thing. and we're doing it and I'm proud of us always getting off topic. <laughs> Being an immigrant in America is a, is an interesting experience, but it's also so fulfilling to see how accomplished our family is now. And I think all three of us can speak on that. Um, and on that note, we're just going to wrap up our podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I know we enjoy talking about our experiences. It makes us feel light and easy easy breezy cover girl cover girl okay and also like share with us if you guys have any interesting stories or anything funny with your um your story of immigrating to america what yeah that'd be interesting yes dm us and let us know the next episode yeah dm us what your funny or cute or awesome story is of being immigrant or or what lesson you've learned or what your favorite part about being immigrant is like we want to hear that we we support everyone that we stand all of you that listen i stand every single one of you okay you guys are all my friends but anywho (laughs) anywho that's gonna be it um be sure to rate share and subscribe catch us on twitter we're the unran pod and on instagram the unran podcast sliding them dms y'all bye peace out girl scout